0: Hello and welcome to the Moonshots podcast. It's episode. It's a huge episode. It's a number 73. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Mark
1: Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike. It is another pretty sunny day in Sydney, isn't it? It's okay. A little bit overcast, but uh, you know, as an Englishman, I quite enjoy this sort of weather. What do you think? Well, I, I can see
0: you delighting in this... Uh, autumnal weather, this fall weather of (laughs) Sydney, Australia, it's a bit unfair. I don't think we should show off too much uh, for those that are still enduring a a slightly chilly uh, wintertime in Europe or America. But Mark, there's a whole lot of warmth and energy on this podcast. Um, We are going to continue our media innovation series. We just did Bob Iger, but for today... We are taking a pivot into someone different, someone a bit challenging for us, and someone who has many, many concurrent themes with all those other innovators that we've studied. Who is going to bring us some new and fresh thinking today?
1: I'm glad I got to introduce him because he shares a namesake to me. It is Mr. Mark Cuban. He is a real powerhouse in the media space. A lot of people will go into his career shortly. A lot of people are going to recognize him from Shark Tank as well as owning the Dallas Mavericks, which he bought in uh, 2000, in fact. But he was a real trailblazer in the media space, wasn't he, Mike? He set up the foundation of a lot of the businesses and verticals that I think we almost take for granted mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, he was, he was absolutely. Quite a, a leader, especially when they first came out. And it, um, it was great digging into his background because he, yeah. he's had so many different things going on.
0: Yeah, he's, he's an absolute firecracker, Mark. That's for sure, isn't he? I mean, he, this guy,
1: he brings energy in an abundance, don't you think? He's one of the most energetic uh, audio clips and characters that we've probably profiled, in fact. I mean, yes. we've had a lot of insights from a huge amount. Well, this is episode 73. So, from 72 other innovators in the past. But I've got to say, he is charismatic, energetic. You can almost hear the passion coming out of every talk that he does. And that's, that's mm. a lot of fun to listen to.
0: Yeah, he's, um, he's got a lot of energy and he's got a lot of naus because he was definitely a pioneer of really uh, streaming media uh, way back in the day. So we're talking in the 1990s with uh, Broadcast.com, that that really was a forerunner of podcasting. It was a forerunner of Netflix, and he signed a nice little check uh, with the guys uh, for several billion dollars at Yahoo when it was acquired. And for those of you who don't uh, remember the, the 90s and the first dot .com bubble, he timed the sale of Broadcast.com beautifully. And since then, what I love is he's gone on to do so many great things that you've mentioned. And what I like about what's on offer for today is we're going to get into themes of energy, um, how to uh, not for a moment sit on your laurels but to earn everything. He is a competitor at heart and he brings us some new thinking and don't be put off by his bombastic Mm go-getter attitude. I think in here, we've got a fundamental entrepreneur who really is a good guy. He might be a bit tough on Shark Tank, but he really is a good guy. So we've got lots to learn. We've even dug up some fantastic financial well-being advice from him, some tips on how to save money and to build your own personal wealth. So this is going to be full of new themes. It's going to reinforce some of the old themes that we continually hear on the show. It's going to be a wild ride. But before we jump into Mark, I think we've got to give a shout out, Mark, to all of our listeners. Uh, we've put a big push and a big invitation out to our listeners to review the show and to rate the show. Um, and I think we first want to say thank you uh, because we've got so many ratings. The The show has now been rated in the different podcast apps, 92 times. Quick note to you all, eight left till we hit the hundred. You can do it. (laughs) But we've also had 24 reviews on all the different platforms. And the reason that this matters is it helps other new listeners discover the show and get to share in this sort of what we call learning out loud together. Um, And I've got to marvel at some of the usernames, Mark, that our (laughs) listeners... (laughs) They're, they're like the best. I mean, there's, there's got to be a business in this. They, they
1: are fantastic. We're really grateful, aren't we, Mark? We, we really, really are. And we get so many lovely emails and, you know, the reviews from, well, I've called out Boho snowpants before, uh, but I've got to call out that name again. What a great username. Uh, oh, my gosh. Dougie from Sid, can, from, Hang on.
0: Hang on. From Canada, no, no less.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. And all of you guys, you send these amazing reviews. And just to build on what Mike was saying, the more reviews, the more interactions and so on that we get uh, on these different podcasting um, platforms, it does get the word out there. And if you guys are really, really digging what we have to say, we love it. Thank you so much. We just want to spread the word. We don't, um, we want to give everybody the chance to do this out loud learning. You know, this this is what we do. So the more reviews, the more pushes, uh, it's just going to help other people find it out. So thank you so very much.
0: Mark, so, Mark, yeah, I, I have to concur. Super grateful. Let's push for another eight. Let's hit the big hundred uh, ratings in your favorite podcast catching software. Um, and while you all jump into your, to your apps now, let's rev them up. Let's, let's get the energy going. Um, Mark, where should we start our Mark
1: Cuban adventure? <laughs> when I hear the word revving, I think of Mark Cuban. You know, I can imagine him. <laughs> he's a little bit like a Tony Robbins. You know, he, I can imagine him really getting himself going in the morning. So we're going to start. We've got an action-packed show today. We're really getting into the uh, thoughts and the mindsets of this incredibly, uh, but also charismatic guy, Mark Cuban. So we're going to start with a little bit of an intro clip to figure out how, how do you stay ahead? You know, he's an incredibly uh, figurehead leader in this space. What does he have to say to us? How can I try to uh, stay ahead in my space as well as uh, everybody else's? Your tips to success. Yeah. One of them uh, is work like there's someone working 24 hours a day to take it from you.
2: Because they are, right? Really? Whatever we have the sense we go to work that We're in, we're irreplaceable, Mm -hmm. right? I do a great job. My boss told me I do a good job. People tell me I do a good job. And we forget that there's a lot of people out there that don't have jobs that are looking to get your job. Right. And so we tend to just get so caught up in ourselves and not think about the reality around us. That's when you're working for somebody, when it's your business. Right. Oh, boy. When it's your company. Well, you know, right? This is the most competitive (laughs) business there is. Yeah. There's always someone trying to kick your ass. All right. Let's go to number two. It doesn't matter if the glass is half empty or half full, all that. What matters is you are the one pouring the water. That's my favorite, actually. I love this. You know, everybody, everybody looks at situations and they say, oh, is it a good thing? Mm-hmm. It is it a bad thing? But really what it's about is, are you taking control? Right. right? Are you trying to control your own destiny? Are you, doing, are you prepared? Is it half full? Is it half empty? It doesn't matter. You're pouring the water. The wisdom of Mark Cuban. What? <laughs>
1: What? <laughs> we got to make sure we put the what on. it.
2: <laughs> uh, wherever I see people doing something the way it's always been done, that's just a big red flag to yep. me. Because it's not original. Right. Like Henry Ford used to have the saying, you know, he said, if I asked my customers what they wanted, they would have asked for faster horses. Right? <laughs> and it's true, right? We, we just know what we know. And when you see people just doing what they know over and over again, all you got to do is ask yourself what would I do differently? That's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I got to, there's so much in that, Mark. There's, Mm -hmm. I don't know where to begin. I mean, you know, whether the glass is half full or half empty, make sure you're the one pouring it. I mean, does that not speak to ownership, taking ownership for your destiny, for things that are going to happen? And then I love this really practical thing when looking at ideas like what would I do different is the question he asks when he looks at a problem and thinks about a solution. So don't just follow the herd, do something original. Oh my gosh, Mark, what stood out for you? Like what's, what's the takeaway here uh, from this first entree into the world of Mark? <laughs> I
1: think the, the pouring the water is a very, very, um, great analogy that you can follow in your day-to-day life. You know, this, it, it's quite empowering at the same time as, you know, motivating. I want to be that guy. It doesn't matter whether it's half, loft, half empty, I'm in control. And for me, trying to, you know, gleam and learn from Mr. Cuban, that tells me, okay, well, how can I take ownership of things? How can I, um, Take that away after the show today and think. Okay, well, where in my life, in my career, could I have that little bit more control? You know, and it isn't because I'm trying to take over necessarily, but it's how do you keep it on track? How do you have that empowerment to, you know, be a master, I suppose, of that space and in, in, of that entree, as, as you mm. say. <laughs> mm.
0: I I I I ask myself like. Um, I really think about this ownership thing because what I notice in myself sometimes is I can have a tendency to blame others. So I really love the idea of always having a default to uh, asking myself, how can I take ownership for the outcome? And how can I ensure that I've done everything, not only to ensure that I get the job done, but that those around me do too. And I think that um, it's not easy, is it? Like when you think about taking, when, when we get past the idea of how hey, you should take ownership and without a doubt, you can argue that Mark Cuban really does take ownership. He's a self-made guy. He's always working, always hustling. Like you don't get the feeling that he's just, Enjoying the billions, he's he's making more uh, products, building more businesses every single day. For me, I'm really challenging myself as I listen to this. Like, what does full and complete ownership look like? Because I think that is how Mark Cuban has done it. He takes the responsibility for himself, for his businesses, for his organizations. Um, how do you process this, Mark? This idea of
1: ownership. Well. Well, just to build on that before, we, um, before I tried to put it into my own words, it's, and something else that we're going to see in, in some of these other clips is w- the reason why I think some people don't take ownership and sometimes aren't willing to step into the arena, as, as our friend Brené Brown would say, is fear of failure. If um, I am in control of pouring the water, I, I might be afraid that some of it's going to get spilt. And I think what mark cuban is is demonstrating again, we'll go through a lot of these in the show is it's okay <laughs> because it's just important that you know what you're doing, you're in control, you want to be original, you've got to be that that that's the innovator mindset mm. that I think we've mm. seen in a lot of our innovators in the past
0: that's interesting because you know you could argue that 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 first part of what you're saying in referencing brene is like. Don't get stuck in your regrets. Don't get stuck in your failures. Mm. Embrace them. Ask yourself, "What is my story?" I mean, that's what Michelle Obama did too. Like, what is my story? Own it completely, um, and then, then start to make changes. And I love this idea of starting small. Like, if someone's not exercising much, then just start with one short walk per week, and then the next week do two walks, right? Mm -hmm. Don't make it too big. And I think nothing beats having a dream or a vision for yourself. Um, And I think that helps you take ownership. And and I just want to do a bit of a a sidebar here. Um, I've been obviously watching The Last Dance, uh, which is the – Chicago Bulls uh, six championship documentary on ESPN and Netflix and the takeaway that I can share with you Mark and with our listeners is that Michael Jordan easily the best basketball player in history Michael Jordan maybe the best athlete in history but what underlies it is he took ownership his When you see this documentary, when you see what's behind it all, there is a desire, a vision to be the best in the world at basketball, and then there is a deliberate and purposeful ownership of that objective. Like he is not blaming, he needed to go through a journey to stop blaming teammates and to bring them into the process, but when he learned to be a team player, it was all on and it was one of the greatest runs in, in basketball history. And what's so powerful is that Mark is teaching us the same thing. You have to own it. And I think that is such a powerful learning. Out of all the things that he said, make sure you're the one pouring the glass. Half full, half empty. Who cares? Life's full of ups and downs. Go out and own it. And I think mm. that's super powerful,
1: don't you? Well, I think the insight is once you take that ownership, once we take the ownership of being part of the chicago bulls team or pouring that glass of water it means that you're completely in control and that's something that energy that you put into things that's what you can control day to day so even if something was spinning out of control and it felt a little bit too much to handle you know uh pressure in the public or you know somebody saying something on social media whatever whatever it might be your reaction as you've You've said, Mike, in the past, your reaction to things is what you can control. So, the true. way that You're you choice. handle uh-huh. is how you, the passion and the time that you put into it. That's the energy that you have uh, in your hands. And I, I love this, this idea of ownership. I'm going to have to go and watch The Last Dance and see what uh, Marco Jordan oh, is so good. doing in the, in the team lessons. That sounds great. <laughs>
0: We, we, might, we might need to to do a uh, Last Dance uh, special episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this idea of ownership is
1: so powerful. so powerful.
0: What's interesting about Mark uh, Cuban is he takes that ownership and he channels that so much into entrepreneurship. And um, as you can expect, he's got his signature energy, ownership, tenacity, uh, that go-getter attitude. He's, he's totally... Totally bringing it to life. And this next clip is him talking about some three essential rules for entrepreneurship.
2: I'm going to give you some quick and dirty rules that every entrepreneur needs to be aware of number one sales cures all there's never been a company in the history of companies that's ever succeeded without sales anybody who's ever told you don't worry about sales you can grow it and then worry about sales later they're lying to you they will fail you will fail you have to be able to sell and do you know who the biggest salesperson in your company has to be you and number two selling is not convincing selling is helping a lot of people particularly if you don't have a sales background or this is your first time in the sales think it's like oh i'm selling ice to eskimos right i'm doing something where i have to convince somebody to buy something they otherwise wouldn't buy wrong that has nothing to do with anything when you're selling you're helping. The, being, the whole concept of being a great salesperson is not about who can talk the fastest even though I am talking kind of fast it's not about who can talk the most nonsense it's about taking the time to understand the needs of the person you're selling to because if you can't create a benefit for them if you can't show them why your product is going to be better for them and their life than the other options out there or what they were doing before you are not going to have a company The third message is all entrepreneurs lie to themselves. We all go through the same process. We tell ourselves this is the best. Everybody loves us. Everybody, no one's going to not like my product. Of course, that's not true. What I like to tell people is when you have a company, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to figure out how to kick your own ass before someone else does it for you. You have to look at your own company and be brutally honest with yourself and say, what do we do well? That's great. But also be honest and say, what do we not do well? Where are our challenges? And then how can we improve them?
1: That's a big clip. There's a lot of good tips there. Um, just to, I'm, I'm going to propose something, Mike, and tell mm. me what you think of this. Mm. I think that all three of those tips come out of one core behavior that I think Mark Cuban is is demonstrating mm. here. Okay, he's talking about always be selling. He's saying it's okay to sell. That's cool. You no know others, great, and don't lie to yourself. I think all of those are coming from this insight of be aware, be knowledgeable. Have uh, the awareness of your market, of your competitors, of your product, as well as your audience. Be aware of yourself. Be aware of your behavior and the way that you respond to things. Again, similar to the first clip that we got into. It's about ownership. But for me, this awareness, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I feel like there's, there's something here that that won't let go for me. Mm.
0: I I think it stems in don't guess, no. And the way that you know that you've got something is to get out there and don't hide from presenting your solution to a problem. And you need to know, don't guess, don't be optimistic. You need to know you're really solving a problem. And I think that this is what he's challenging us to do. Um, and I, I think inherently there's a big tension in this because I think if you are an entrepreneur, you are by nature optimistic because you're like creating something new, building something new rather than maintaining. But the challenge for us all is how to be objective when you're going for it. You've invested so much. How can you call yourself out? Mm -hmm. I think the answer that he's presenting to us is if you go out in the world and try and sell it, if you talk to customers, you will find uh, the feedback that you need to make sure that you actually are providing the right thing. And I think this brutal honesty that he talks about is so important. I mean, if you, if you look at uh, Eric Reese, who we've featured on the show, and Lean Startup, his whole framework is born out of that he spent several years many millions of dollars building a product that nobody wanted Mm -hmm. and he would concur with Mark Cuban so much if he was listening to this right now he would be nodding in violent agreement that he was never brutally honest about the product that he was building and they managed to hire a lot of people and spend many tens of millions of dollars and then realize oh damn nobody wants it Um, so that's Eric Reese from The Lean Startup if anyone's keen for a good book I would very much uh, head in that direction. But I think my question for you, Mark, is how when you're working on ideas and, and the stuff that we do for clients is all about ideas, opportunities for new products, new services, sometimes new companies. How, how, do, you make your, uh, how do you put a lens on your work to be brutally honest and objective And don't get in. How do you avoid getting into the guessing game and subjectivity? Because there's a lot on the line. How do you try and
1: keep yourself honest, Mark? Yeah, for me, uh, it all stems out of subjectivity. We're all the product of you know our experience and so on. I think there's two uh, there's two direct ways that any of our listeners could try to replicate during their normal business. The first one is is the easiest talk to others talk to your colleagues bounce around ideas if you're thinking that your point of view is correct maybe it is but go and talk to somebody else and express that get that dialogue going get the conversation started because not only are you going to enrich your point of view and your experience by talking to others because they may illustrate something that you haven't considered yet you might actually be challenged because mm. maybe you've, you haven't seen the whole picture. Maybe you're only seeing uh, a part of the whole whole. The other part of it, and this is a little bit more um, grounded in um, actionable work that you can do with your your clients, your partners, and so on, is if you are, have questions around a product or a campaign of some kind, go and talk to your end user. Mm. Very, very simple to do that we've We've done um, a lot of work in in our past careers around talking to customers. There's a lot of good tools online, and we can talk about those later but for for me, it's all around well, let's just double check with the actual people who are going to end up using that product
0: right right i think I think you're absolutely right, and I think that you can start to see that brutal honesty um, and all that tenacious energy has led to him you know, building not only a lot of products and a lot of companies, he's sold them. He's made a great, uh, an enormous fortune, uh, it has to be said, over $5 billion. Um, and obviously he took not only his company, Broadcast.com, and sold it. He then took the Mavericks to win the NBA finals. So he's not a one-trick pony, uh, this guy, no. Mark Cuban. Um, and we have got some great tips Uh, coming up from him now. And I want everybody to realize that we're not only Mark Cuban, but there's a really strong um, way of thinking about money and wealth and finances, which I think is really powerful, which is to frame the idea of getting financial stability and well-being as a means to creating options in life. I mean, let's be honest, Mark Cuban doesn't need to work anymore, but he chooses to. So it cannot be only about the money. And so what you'll see, not only in the previous clips, but also in the future clips, there's a real driver, a bigger vision of what he's trying to do. But before we get to all of those, what I really want to do is segue into some really simple financial advice from mark cuban that i think we can all take on board because hey if he's made millions and if he's made billions let's let's listen now to how he manages his money and gives us his guide to getting rich
2: hi i'm mark cuban and i'm about to give you some advice on how to be just a little bit richer than you are today How do you get rich? Rich is all relative, so there's certain things you need to do in order to put yourself in the best position to be rich. The first thing you need to do is live like a student. When you get that first job, it's really cool. I remember looking at cars and thinking, ah, I want this car. Fortunately, I kept my junker. Number two, you shouldn't use credit cards. I remember bill collectors calling me every two minutes. You're better off using a debit card when you need to just not use cash. Number three, save up six months income. If you don't like your job at some point or you get fired or you have to move or something goes wrong, you know, you're going to need at least six months income. Then what I would do is probably put it into the cheapest SPX, Standard Pours Mutual Fund that I could find. If you're a true adventurer and you really want to throw the Hail Mary, you might take 10% and put it in Bitcoin or Ethereum. But if you do that, you've got to pretend you've already lost your money. And it's like collecting art. It's like collecting baseball cards. It's like collecting shoes. You know, something's worth what somebody else will pay for it. It's a flyer, but I'd limit it to 10%. It's so hard to make a return on regular investments that you're better off when you see a sale. So for instance, if we are, hopefully we're all using toothpaste every day, right? A couple of times a day, and we're gonna go through toothpaste every month, whatever it may be. You're better off buying two years worth of toothpaste when it's on 50% discount. That's an immediate return on your money. Any of your reusables, consumables that you have to have, when they're on a huge sale on Amazon, buy them, because chances are their prices are going to go up, but that's a real savings that you get to put in your pocket. Negotiate using cash. I tell people all the time, if you're out, you're going to take a yoga class and they want to charge you $30 and say, look, I got 20. You know what? They're going to take it. Negotiating with cash is a far better way to get a return on your investment. I used to love to walk through bookstores when there were bookstores everywhere. And if there's something that caught my eye and I thought it can give me one idea, to spend $30 to give one idea that could help propel me, make my businesses better. It was a bargain. The Only Investment Guide You'll Ever Need by Andrew Tobias used to get me all fired up. I'll read hours every day because all it takes is one little thing to propel you to the next level. Nice works. When you're nice to people around you, when you're caring, when you're empathetic, you're always going to get more results. Running a company is not easy. It's hard. But the one thing that you can control in life is your effort. It's a, it's
1: a long clip. It's full of really, really actionable tips, but uh, it's very good, isn't it? I mean, uh, I, I'm getting a lot of things that I can try and replicate during my day-to-day life. I can be obviously a little bit more considerate when it comes to my finances and spending and so on. But actually the three things that I wanted to you know, call out and, and see uh, how I could try and do this more regularly are sales? I love the fact that he's bringing up sales. It's very, very human. It's very, very. Uh, he's like one of us, which is uh, you know a great little insight. Despite yeah. being able to afford the Dallas Mavericks, you know <laughs> he'll still look for a good sale on on Amazon. Uh, books is a really, really key one there. So when we are thinking about all of our innovators, let's use Bill Gates for example. He is famous for the amount of work. Or the amount of time that he puts into reading books, he really becomes absorbed in all sorts of different topics and touch points and verticals. And this insight from Mark that books are bargains, how good is that? That's something that I can go home and and do. I can immerse myself in, in dozens of books. I can just be like a sponge.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just, you, you, you can, you can look at the, Several tips that he, he gave us there and, and each of them we can, we can learn something from. The other thing is you can hear how complete he is in making progress, in doing new things. Everything from books to working hard to, oh my gosh, when was the last time you heard a billionaire talking about the toothpaste being on sale on amazon.com? Like seriously, Mike, (laughs) when, when did you hear this? Right. When?
1: Never. Never. So, so I think
0: he, I think here is that he's opportunity to, for he sees growth in every opportunity and every challenge that comes by in all parts of his life. And you can tell that he is just continually uh, propelling himself to the next Thing And everything's uh, viewed by return uh, on investment. I think what you can see here is the ultimate entrepreneur, the ultimate hustle of what it takes to build wealth. And you're left with no doubt um, that he thinks about it all the time, but he's also working on it all Mm -hmm. the time. And I think that's the greatest lesson that we can take here. This guy is no bystander. He's not a passenger in life. He's firmly in the driver's seat, and he is,
1: for good, bad, or otherwise, he's going forward, isn't he? He is. He's unpretentious. You know, he he knows where he wants to go. This is presumably behaviour that he's been doing ever since he first got into business selling uh, garbage bags when he was twelve. You know, he's he's being. Um, financially stable, and he's demonstrating this behaviour of an innovator, which is look for those little opportunities, mm. be aware of those things around you, how every everything adds up. He's aware of the market, um, and ultimately, you know what we're seeing in all these clips so far is he's playing to win. Oh he's, yeah, <laughs> you know he he obviously works hard, but he's not afraid to count the pennies as well. He's He's totally exposed on all of it because he, he digs it. He, he loves it.
0: Well, there you go. That's the first half of the show, and we've already taken so much from it. He is being brutally honest. He is looking uh, to make progress financially in every part of his life, and he's doing it with some great values of hard work and, and learning in his own Special way, but more than anything, so far, I think what he's given us is this idea: is that you're the one pouring the water, whether it's half full or half empty, that glass you are pouring the water in it. And and I think this is really important, particularly in a time now where there's a lot of uncertainty around us. Um, Take a moment, take control of your life. This is what we're learning from Mark Cuban, and what we've got coming up is we've got some great thoughts on learning. We've got some great thoughts on mentorship and also some controversial thoughts similar to that of Cal Newport about following passion. That's all to come in the show. But before we go there, Mark, every show we make show notes, we produce a ton of content on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, everywhere. Uh, Where should people go if they want to launch into the universe
1: of the Moonshots podcast? you can launch your way into the stratosphere by visiting moonshots.io. Everywhere, uh, everything that we learn, all of our show notes, as Mike's pointed out, as well as some some useful links, transcriptions, and the show itself can all be found on moonshots.io.
0: Nice. So get typing, uh, hit the internet, and you're going to find a lot of goodies at moonshots.io. So now halfway through the journey into the world of Mr. Energy himself, the true Maverick, Mark Cuban. I mean, it's not surprising that his team is the Mavericks. I mean, there's (laughs) no more appropriate name for a Mark Cuban basketball team than the Mavericks. Now we're going to enter sort of a different space, some different ideas. We're going to actually hear uh, from Mark Uh, Why he actually doesn't believe in mentorships. And that's really interesting because uh, mentorship is often a big theme of personal growth and learning. And certainly what uh, we heard in our previous show is that Bob Iger was willing to take mentorship either directly or indirectly. He would learn from the people around him. And um, so it's really great that we've been able to find this clip. This is uh, Mark Cuban. Talking about mentorship.
1: About
2: I like what you said a few minutes ago about uh, that. That one of the things you you notice, or and that you. Re- recoil against is the idea that, that many entrepreneurs say, oh, I need a mentor, I need an advisor, I need a coach, I need you to tell me what to do, right. rather than getting dirty with it. So, my question is, what role in your businesses do advisors play, and do you turn to people, and when you do it, who you think are, are smarter than you? I always try to hire people that are smarter than me and that complement my skill sets. Like I'm a, I'm a ready, fire, aim guy and I always try to partner with people that are very anal and perfectionist to kind of balance me out or have a skill set that I don't have. Um, but once I'm going, I mean I would go to events and like this and listen and learn and go to conferences and when I get the opportunity I'll ask questions. But I'm not I I can't ever say ever where I've said I'm going to call this guy and just see what he thinks, or this woman, and just ask, that's just not my style. I mean, because at some point I'm going to have to be responsible for whatever that knowledge is. And and, and, and also, I have the benefit of being in the technology business. And it's uh, it's a benefit because there's always something new coming. And I've always had the attitude that whatever it is, so if it's virtual reality, if it's the Oculus Rift, it's new to everybody except the people who invented it. And so I'm, I'm at first base like everybody else and then it's just a question of effort of learning it as well as everybody else so other than going to the originator of the idea concept product service whatever I'm I'm tied with everybody else and and having the opportunity to learn it so I'll just put in the time to learn it so from a tech perspective and that's always served me well because once you understand these different products you understand how they fit together and it also helps you make decisions and understand what will work and what won't work I mean, you're kind of the definition of a self-made man, but were there people in your life who you considered mentors? No. no. Really? I have one guy I worked with. I got a job out of college at a company called Tronix 2000 who um, wanted to um, franchise the computer, um, the television repair industry. Um, didn't have a long future, but it was a job. Um, <laughs> and a guy named Larry Manaw, um, who just would tell me that best advice that I've probably ever gotten. Because I'm always, you know, go, 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 even back then. And he was like, Mark, I want you to do one thing for me when we sit in a meeting. I want you to take your pad of paper, and your pen, and up in the right-hand corner, just write down the word, listen. And to this day, that's what I'll do. i write down the word, listen, to remind me just to shut the hell up and see what they have to say. But that's as close as as I've come. Um, Because again, I just to me by figuring it out that creates a platform for me to go forward it's it's good it's a good one so the,
1: the again there's a lot of lot of weight in all of these clips that we have from mark actually they're full of good little tips mm, and, and totally. behaviors that we can start to replicate especially that writing listen in the top of a piece of paper i think that's that's one that i'm going to start doing actually um, but for me it's it's controversial or it's going against what I think we have seen in, in recent history of gravitating towards mentorships and looking for opportunities to learn from others. But actually, it's not too surprising hearing it come from Mark. This is the guy who's telling us forget about whether it's cl- glass half full or glass half empty, own the water, pour your own. Mm-hmm. And this ownership again is, is starting to come through this responsibility of putting in the time and learning it yourself. This is an innovator who has been in a number of different verticals, you know, ranging from technology all the way through his sport. And it's inspiring or empowering perhaps to hear somebody who's as busy as Mark Cuban, TV shows as well. He still takes the time to become a professional at the area that he's involved in. So for me... In my day-to-day job, because occasionally we do go into different mm-hmm. sectors ourselves in business, it's and it's a call out that Mark's making, which is don't just look to other people to be the, the best uh, knowledge source in the room. don't look for others to keep you informed. you can still do that, but actually put in your own time to go and learn, to go and read, to go and be exposed. And I think that's, it's a nice it's kind of pushing us away from this mentorship model and into a sort of DIY space. What, What do you think, Mike?
0: I love it because he's taking nothing for granted and he's celebrating the Cal Newmore craftsman approach. And he's like, take full ownership, go out. And really, I love the fact that he writes, listen in the top of the page. And that's basically the only good mentorship um, he's received, but what you hear here, and I think this is really important is he's quite prepared to earn things. He doesn't believe that he is entitled to have some grandmaster, some Gandalf like figure come and explain the world to him. He's quite happy to go and work it out himself. And he's hungry to do it. He's tenacious to go and do it. And frankly, he doesn't have time for mentorship because he's too busy learning. I like this because when I think about um, the fact that my, one of the greatest ways that I have learned has been through doing this show, learning out loud with you, with Chad, with all of our listeners, that this has been such a wonderful journey, not only to share ideas, but for me to learn myself. I'm not waiting for Mark Cuban to pick up the phone and call me and explain everything to me. I'm prepared to go out, decode what's happening and ask myself, well, how can I do it too? So I think this is really powerful for everyone listening to the show is learning is your choice. You're in complete control of it. Go out and learn like crazy. And I think I've been guilty of sort of waiting for the ultimate mentor to come and find me maybe I need to go find the knowledge and the wisdom myself.
1: And I think we can all do that. I think you're quite right. It's very easy. It's, it, waiting is one of the easiest things we can all do. I know. It's also one of the most dangerous things we can do, right? I know. Because time, time isn't something you can really get back. You know, you lose money. Sure, you can probably earn it back if you're lucky. If you lose your job, you can work harder getting another one. And you know, if you if you lose time though, that's the most valuable assets that we have. So it,
0: So using your inner mark Cuban mark, the question is, how do I stay educated? How do I make the effort and be a pro?
1: Well, for me, there we we are living in a time when I would argue. It's never been easier to learn. We have dozens of platforms uh, around us in our day to day world, in our pockets, even. We even celebrated got, quite
0: a good one on our last show, if you remember, Mark.
1: We, we did, we did. In fact,
0: well, hang on, hang on. Where should people go if they want to get some innovation tools, tools for entrepreneurs?
1: I, I highly recommend everybody to, if they are. Being inspired by Mike and I talking about learning in this episode, to go and check out um, a product that we make called BottomUp.io. It is a, an online learning uh, platform and repository full of classes and keynotes around a lot of different skills, including design thinking, rapid prototyping, as well as some case studies of our favourite businesses that are out there. Um, so, using that as a as a perfect launching off point, you can all of our listeners could go to bottomup.io right now, sit down and learn something within the hour. They're bite-sized courses. And I could go on to my podcast app of choice and find, again, a plethora of of great content on there, including from bottom-up skills. And I'd say that actually learning is only, you're only going to learn if you take ownership of your time and put it towards that thing, mm. wouldn't you agree? You're in control.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when you're when you're when you're uh, able to pull this all together, uh, you can do this just like Mark Cuban, because what he does is when he walks in the room, he wants to know that he's got something to offer. This is not dissimilar to Bob Iger, who researches and prepares for his meetings. Mm-hmm. Let's have a listen now and see how Mark Cuban gives people a reason to listen to what he has to say.
2: In terms of uh, being audacious and, and being boisterous or being controversial, the, the first thing you have to realize is Nobody wants to hear what you have to say until you give them a reason to want to hear what you have to say. And for me, in each industry that I've been in, whether it was the computer reselling industry and systems integration industry, when I had micro solutions, or now into you know digital privacy and shrinking your digital footprint with cyberdust, each time I've made the effort to go out and connect to the media within that industry whether it was trade publications or in the case of the Mavericks ESPN and and television networks and I've really really worked hard at trying to you know be as educated about that industry as I possibly could be and position myself as, as, as just that being very educated in that industry from there you know, I, I picked up the saying from a guy named Randy Galloway, who was a radio host in Dallas for a long time, and he always said, you, know, you always got to check your whole card. And what I, I've used the media to always go out there and, and put out a hypothesis, or put out an idea, or put out a perspective. Not being afraid to be wrong, knowing that if I am wrong, worst case, I'm going to learn. And from that. It led to a lot of people think I was a little bit, thinking I was a little bit crazy because it, I would put out suggestions and thoughts that made perfect sense to me that other people thought couldn't possibly be right, but gave me also the opportunity to hear their feedback to see you know, if I'm right or if I was wrong. That
1: connects very well with the clip that we were talking about earlier, where you can learn from others by having this dialogue, but also listen and research your end product with, with uh, customers. What I liked about that though, and this is a good insight that I personally will take away and put into my um, career, aside from working hard, it's knowing to have the confidence to go out, make the effort, put in the time to learn and be educated, but not to be concerned or worried or disappointed, maybe that's the word, if I'm wrong. Because if I'm Hmm. wrong, I will learn. Mm. And that's a wonderful.
0: Yeah. I, yeah and I think, I think that the, the way to build on that is to try, this is a nice little mantra, to try and make every conversation an opportunity for you to give a gift. Hmm. Maybe it's a tip. Maybe it's an idea. Maybe it's a book to read. Imagine if you, each meeting you had today, You just started with the idea, I'm going to listen and then I'm going to see if I can give one little bit of helpful advice. And that's what I like to call like, it's a little gift or, or, or it's a book or it's a link to something on the internet that might help them get the job done. And then imagine if you did several meetings a day and in each of those, you gave a gift. And then every day of every week, you did that. Imagine every week 52 weeks of the year every time you're in a meeting or a conversation you just had this mindset of how can i give a gift in this meeting in this conversation and look it's a work in progress for me but this is sort of a really powerful mindset on how to give people a reason to listen is if you listen first and then you always understand and acknowledge what they've said and then say hmm Okay. Well, if you're trying to do that, have you thought about this? Have you read this? Have you seen this? Mm, I like that. So make
1: every conversation a gift. It's it, it's a real challenge, actually, because I I'm going to try and do the same. To build on your point, Mike, I'm going to mm. challenge myself to go into my Day to day conversations with with friends, family, and colleagues, and see how I can give them a gift. what would what, be what would be, a, what would be a, a format of the gift in, in your mind that you've that you've been doing so far? Is it a like you say a book recommendation? Is it a, a tip on how to be more productive?
0: I think it can be all of those things. But those all assume that you've done a diagnosis of a problem together, you've both agreed that the solution looks like this, then you say, okay, well, how are we going to get that done? But sometimes the gift might be actually reframing the problem. Let's say somebody says, um, you know, um, I'm trying to run a faster mile, okay? And they say, oh, I've been training so much um, and, uh, you know, I just can't get uh, faster than uh, five minutes uh, per kilometer. Okay. Now they might say, do you know any techniques I could use? Like is it my arms or is it my knees or legs or whatever? And I mention all this because I'm into running at the moment. So what would be interesting is you might say, oh, look, um, you should do these things. Always look into the horizon. Always keep your head up. Don't stoop over. Make sure you strike with the front of the foot. Those would all be technique things. But maybe the gift you can give is if you truly listen to them, you might say, well, maybe your technique is fine. Maybe you're training too much. Or maybe you're doing the wrong distances in training. Maybe Mm. you're not giving your body time to rest. To me, that moment is equal to that of um, if you give them a, a book, a tip, a link, or an idea on a solution, sometimes it's actually reframing the problem. And a lot of the time when I talk to people, I often find they've been talking in their own head or they've been in an organization where the group think is, oh, the problem is this, the solution is this. And then if you ask more questions around the diagnostic, if you ask more questions on, hang on, what is the real problem here? And then do the classic uh, Toyota five whys. Oh, that's the problem. Why is that the problem? And then why and why and why? You often get to the source mm-hmm. of the problem. I think your gift can be helping them reframe the problem. and that. You can imagine someone in that meeting, to use the running analogy, might be like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about whether I should do uh, the sequencing of a long run and then the next day a short run, then the next day rest day. I never thought it. I've just been running heaps and heaps and it just I've maxed out. I can't go faster. So then they say, well, I wonder then, they reframe the question from how do I improve my arm action when I'm running to, well, how do I train better? And that will, even though it's another question, that will feel like progress because they've actually made a step in a new direction. They've reframed the problem and they can already start to feel, oh my gosh, so now I just need to find some good information on training programs and how I should sequence the days and how I should group together the activities and how I should level them up. That's as much as a gift as
1: a good book. Hmm. Good work. I love it. It's the, it's the context that sits around. So not just a technique, but context around what that problem might be that somebody's bringing up or the conversation that you're having. I mean, to link it back to, to Mr. Mark Cuban, you know, he's, I think where he would agree with you and your um, advice here, Mike, is to make the effort to work hard to, to listen to that other person. And mm-hmm. to think about it from a, okay, well, I'm in control of how I react to this individual's conversation. How could I, as a, a potential educated individual in this scenario, um, add something to it? It's the awareness again coming back in. And mm-hmm. I think that's great. I, th- I think Mark Cuban would totally agree with this reframing the problem. Again, it's a, an innovation and innovator's behavior, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and someone who just wants to get the most out of life, right? Um, Because what's crazy is if every conversation is a gift, then people will want to work with you. um, In terms of your colleagues, Uh, you'll uh, delight and support your family and friends, and you know, in the end, we all have clients, and then then you really do become the trusted advisor if you're continually moving things forward with good advice. And I think when we look at moving forward in life, one of the themes that Mark is teaching us about is don't wait around for a mentor, right? And what's very related to that type of thinking is what we've heard from Cal Newport, which is um, don't follow your passion. And the crazy thing is as different, I mean, you couldn't get two more different people than Cal Newport who we love, and Mark Cuban, who we love, but they intersect at the same point around this thought. So the question becomes, and Mark Cuban is about to tell us, if we don't follow our passion, what do we follow?
2: One of the great lies of life is follow your passions. Everybody tells you, follow your passion, follow your passion. I used to be passionate to be a baseball player. Then I realized I had a 70 mile per hour fastball. I used to be passionate about being a professional basketball player. Then I realized I had a seven inch vertical. There's a lot of things I'm passionate about, a lot. But you know what? The things I ended up being really good at were the things I found myself putting effort into. A lot of people talk about passion, but that's really not what you need to focus on. You really need to evaluate and say, okay, where am I putting in my time? Because when you look at where you put in your time, where you put in your effort, that tends to be the things that you're good at. And if you put in enough time, you tend to get really good at it. And if you put in enough time and you get really good, I'll give you a little secret. Nobody quits anything they're good at because it's fun to be good. It's fun to be one of the best. But in order to be one of the best, you have to put in effort. So don't follow your passions, follow your effort. I'm going to give you one other secret. The one thing in life that you can control is your effort.
1: Hmm. And it all comes back around this idea of ownership, this idea of being in control of areas that you uh, can Mm. put your energy towards. You know, this, this is again, you know, like you say, it links back to our friend Cal. It is, approaching life in that slightly different equation. And that's going to be something that I'm going to try and action as well. Instead of, and, you know, eventually talk to friends and colleagues and so on about it too, instead of waiting for an opportunity or a um, behavior to to come up and that enables me to be a, a baseball player or a basketball player, instead I'm going to spend my time being proactive. I'm going to evaluate what I'm uh, enjoying doing, and I love this. What you enjoy equals what you're good at. (laughs) You know, you're going to spend more time. That's right. Do that
0: Um, because because there's a there's a thinking here um, that like let's take the conventional wisdom that Mark Cuban is breaking here. We have heard a lot over the last decades. Follow your passion. Well, listen. I like uh, sport, but it doesn't mean, like I'm really passionate about some sports. Uh, I really love uh, rugby, I really enjoy basketball and cricket, but it doesn't mean I should be a professional rugby player. I love music, but I chose not to be a professional DJ. Um, and what's really important is my journey when I was DJing full time is I actually r- lost some of my passion for the music because it became a job and not my passion anymore. And so I think what both Mark Cuban and Cal Newport are challenging us to do is to find another source, which is what you're good at, what where you like to put your effort. And my question for you is, Mark, how do you know when you find something you're good at? Where do you? What's the marker that all of our listeners can be looking for
1: when they're asking this same question? I think it comes down to a desire to spend time doing it. So rather than um, having this dream that is in the back of your mind, I think what shows um whether you're good at something or whether you enjoy it is when you have an opportunity to go and do that thing let's say it's uh logging on to bottomup.io to uh you know learn something new about design thinking i think if that fills our listeners with a sort of excitement i think excitement can 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 be one of those indicators then that's probably something that that you enjoy doing i think it ultimately, though, comes down to this inner motivation. If you can, be, if you can motivate yourself, like Mark does, to go out and, and be educated in different sectors and different verticals, mm. then you are a learner. You are an innovator. You're constantly um, learning those new skills. And I think that's a good indicator as well, don't you think? Let's, so? But let's go deeper, though. Think about today. When do you
0: know? Uh, if we're not following our passion and he's saying follow your effort and your energy how do i know mark how do you know when you're actually when you've actually got something that you should pursue if it's not passion what does this moment of goodness look like with energy and effort
1: i mean it's it's a good it's a hard one it's it's a it little is, bit isn't of challenge. it <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which,
0: I I, I, let me give you a thought starter. I think the thing to look for is when you feel a state of flow, when you feel so comfortable, even though the challenge might be a little bit stressful, that you're not worried about failure. You're keen to succeed. You're keen to do something well. You face an objective. You face a deliverable, but you relish the opportunity to be in the moment and doing it. For example, when I'm up in the morning and I'm just writing, that's when I know and there's no interruption and I just get idea after idea and I build. This is a state of flow when um, even though despite the energy that's being used, it feels effortless. It feels exciting. There's no worry about failure. It is pure desire to enjoy, to thrive in the very moment. You know, when people talk about losing themselves, I think this is a marker. Whenever you feel that, regardless of the objective in the challenge, you feel so comfortable in the moment. So, I, my question for you, Mark, is when are the moments that you feel not daunted by the challenge, but just Thoroughly thriving in the moment. Think about in your work, where, where do you feel like, what are the moments
1: that you're really thriving in? I think getting under the skin of a, a problem with a client, perhaps. So if there's a, a particular challenge that one of our partners might have, I might not know the answer. I think, in fact, I probably won't because ultimately my point of view might be subjective. But I think it's figuring out, okay, well, what might be the process to help answer that question? So yeah. I think there's a, a logistics flow to it. You know, I quite enjoy getting into the habit of, okay, well, where might I start? What might that look like? Mm. How mm. might it go from, from A to B? And I think mm. that's where my flow kicks in. And I start getting into that constant, it's almost like you're, you're jogging at a pleasant pace, isn't it? You know, your mm. brain is constantly uh, being energized. It's not necessarily sprinting like a, like a puppy necessarily. Instead, it's a constant state of Zen-like attention,
0: I suppose. So, So what I encourage you and all of our listeners to do is ask yourself, when am I in moments that I feel like I'm thriving, I'm relishing the challenge? It feels... Effortless. Even though I'm working hard, it feels effortless. I think that's how you fo- follow your energy, you follow your effort, and you can find this state of flow. And if you pour yourself into those um, and look to spend more time, create more opportunities where you're in that state of flow. In fact, if you want to take full Mark Cuban, he would say, design your day, design your life around those moments. Maximize the number of moments where you're do- putting effort and energy into the things that create a state of flow, where you feel like you're thriving. And I think what's so important is to avoid the trap of, I like music and sport, so I'm going to be a DJ at night and a sportsman during the day. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Follow your effort, follow your energy. Oh my gosh, my- we are, we are getting like serious, <laughs> high-level uh, yeah. learnings from Mark Cuban, the maverick himself. I mean, whew, we are getting it because this guy is really serving it all up on the show today. We know mm-hmm. that he, for all of his maverick energy, he starts every meeting writing, listen, and he's not waiting for others to teach him. He will teach himself. And he's going to take ownership for the outcome. Whew.
1: Mark, what that's a, big- a show! <laughs> and actually, I have a feeling that we could probably carry on talking about Mark Cuban. You know, he's had such a busy career, sure. But actually, all the lessons that we've talked about, I, I think, I think we could go on. I mean, the thing that I'm going to take away uh, personally is apart from obviously, as you say, the the challenge of when do I get into a a good state of flow is how can I be in control of my time? How can I Mm. own the opportunity to learn, to have something to offer to every meeting? And, uh, you know, born out of your your new behavior, Mike, of giving a gift, I I think that's a nice way to ground it. So I'm going to work from now on with that in my mind.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. And ladies and gentlemen, if you thought our media innovation series had come to an end, you're wrong because we have one more and this is going to potentially be the biggest. We're going to go into the world of Netflix and listen to their founder CEO, Reed Hastings, in our next show. And I love Reed Hastings. He has not only done great stuff with technology, not only has he uh, created one of the greatest new media empires in recent times, but he has also had it done it through a huge focus on culture in the organization. And I think we have a lot to learn in the next show, episode 74, where we wrap up our media innovation series with Reed Hastings. Are you fired up for Reed, Mark?
1: I am. I'm very, very fired up. Reed's going to be a particularly interesting one to, to get into. I know he's a little bit involved in schools and politics as well. And, and I'm sure he's got a wealth of stuff that we can gleam and learn from him. So count me in. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What a show.
0: A surprise maverick, a little bit out of left field teaching us that it all really comes down to following your effort and just taking ownership and working hard every single day. Mark, I want to thank you for all your help pulling the show together and being here together with me to learn out loud, to share everything we can uh, from these great innovators. And I can't wait till the next one. Mark, thank you to you. Thank you to
2: all our listeners. That is a wrap of the Moonshots podcast.